Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have our entrepreneurs. We have our small business owners. We have our local business owners. We have marketing and business coaching and consultants. We have folks who help others build their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers who love to have your own hands on the levers. If one or more of the above apply to you, explore episodes and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And tune in and subscribe for fresh content. We go live every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Today, I am especially excited about the topic we're bringing on board. This is something that I share in some of my coaching and consulting through the Business Creators Institute and some of what we share through our BCI blog. And I love to have other people on board to back me up on this because this is something that is one of those things you just don't see too often in business coaching. You don't see too often in marketing training or copywriting training. It's the idea of being a celebrity entrepreneur. So what we're going to look at today is why every single entrepreneur should think of themselves as a celebrity and the marketing strategies that you can apply from the entertainment industry. And to help us understand this, I was so excited to have the opportunity to invite to be with us today Louis Lavella, who's a guy you are just going to love. And let me just tell you a little bit about Louis. Louis's clients are entertainment personalities nightclubs, concerts, and festivals, and he's known for creating strategies that make them a lot of money. Working within the shark-infested waters of the nightlife and music industry as a marketing and branding consultant, Louie has been delivering high-profit solutions uh, to both live entertainment events and venues for years. With 20-plus years' experience, in fact, in the nightlife consultant area, an extensive development and production experience with national television and theater film projects. Louis is an author, speaker, event producer, and coach. Louis has produced and marketed over 30 live music concerts in just the past 24 months. So, Louis, welcome aboard. Thanks so much, Adam. I'm really excited to be here. Fantastic. This, uh, this is going to be a really great podcast. I'm excited to to chat with you and share a ton of great uh, stories and experience to everybody listening. Well, all I can say is it, it's very poignant when I say this one is going to rock. So thank you very much for letting me. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we dive in, there's a couple right. things we need to get here. And the first one is uh, I read off your bio there, very impressive stuff, and it kind of lays the groundwork for why we have you on the show here today. But what we like to do with our guest experts is kind of start by turning the floor over to them, over to you. And just tell us a little cool. bit more about your journey and what has led you to the intersection of the brilliance and passion, doing what you're doing today and what you're going to bring to our audience. Absolutely. I've always had that entrepreneurial bug in me. 
Um, my mom and dad and uncle, they're very, you know, uh, they're business owners and very entrepreneurial. So as I was growing up, I was always, you know, paying attention and, and uh, just kind of being within that environment. But, uh, you know, in the music and entertainment industry itself, I've always had a passion for entertainment. I think a lot of people want to get into the industry somehow, you know, because it's exciting and it's entertainment. You know, you either want to be a musician or an actor or whatever. And I dabbled in that a little bit as I was growing up, you know, in the high school days and whatnot. But I quickly found I had a, a great knack for the marketing aspect and understanding the branding that goes behind uh, the industry. So even in my early college days, later high school days, I jumped into the nightlife scene, wanted to be a young promoter helping to get people come out to the nightclubs like a lot of people do in their college days as a side job. But it wasn't entirely for me because, you know, I'm handing out flyers and I'm kind of just, you know, an errand boy, which is okay to learn. But I really had that passion to design my life to kind of get into some larger scale events. So I said, okay, let me learn from this. I got into television, music TV. Like you mentioned, I, I had the opportunity to interview Lady Gaga and Richard Branson and uh, Backstreet Boys and just all kinds of great celebrities and forge relationships with their management and kind of see a lot of the behind-the-scenes and large-scale concerts and festivals and then learn that and use that knowledge to, again, one-up myself as an entrepreneur. I mean, everything became a great opportunity, whether I was getting paid well or not or, or it was a freebie or it was a great opportunity. It always allowed me to learn and kind of take a stepping you know, stone above to the next level. Uh, I did have a small corporate job within all of this on the side that taught me a lot of marketing. I was working with presidents of companies and head of marketing and, and vice presidents, and I was young. I was in my middle 20s. And I thought, wow, you know, these, these big executives are just regular people too, and they all want to learn. They want to grow their business. And they started asking me questions on, you know, what you do on the side. You know, you do, you know, festivals and you're doing television, things like that. Share a little bit of that info. And I thought, there's a little bit of a bridge here between entertainment and any other business and entrepreneur that wants to know how it works in that, in that uh, scenario. 9-11 kind of hit, so a lot of my clients kind of fell off the uh, face of the earth kind of, kind of thing with, with kind of closing and and uh, running out of funds, things like that. So I thought, this job is done in the corporate world. I'm not going to hand out a resume again. I'm going to just stick to this, what I had as almost a side job at the time, still making great money. But this is, this is where my passion's always been. Let's go full, full out. And I started to build my own brand from there on in. I was one of the first radio streaming apps on the phone. But before the iPhone came out, there was two in the world. One of them was mine. And I, I would create radio shows myself. You know, I, I was doing everything possible to build myself as a brand, as a business person in the entertainment industry. And with that came a lot of great learning and a lot of great connections. And, and the message just kept going. If I wasn't able to get into a radio station or television station by, by applying, I can create it myself because I knew the same formula, which is kind of exciting. So, again, I just kept using these as stepping stones and growing and growing and growing. And now we're at, we're at an, uh, a day and age where the Internet's a great equalizer and as you know, having a fantastic podcast, you don't need to try and get the local radio station to hire you to do a weekly show, which is great if you do, but you don't need them. And, and that message kind of went out to a lot of musicians I uh, was starting to work with and, and even underdog festivals that didn't need the large-scale, you know, major Ticketmaster kind of guy to, to make it. They can create a brand, use the similar formulas of the entertainment industry, and use the Internet to grow. So it's really fascinating and, I, you know, myself, I'm kind of living proof on, you know, everybody says, everybody can do it. And I, I'm doing it, you know. 
and I'm working with great people, and I'm able to to kind of share some of these experiences with audiences like yours, and, and and kind of give those golden nuggets and say, now we have a great opportunity to do what we want to do, and there are paths and blueprints to follow, but everybody can do it, which is really fascinating stuff. And so now this is where I am. I'm coaching a lot of large scale venues, working with with musicians uh, up and coming as well. You know, teaching them, you know. How, how to use the entertainment industry, working with festivals, 30,000 people a day, things like that. And, of course, getting a lot of questions from every regular business out there, small entrepreneurs, large businesses on how do we market and brand? What do you do in the entertainment industry that works here? Because it does work. So it's a pretty exciting time for me, and that's kind of where I am today. That's great. And what you're laying the groundwork for is – the reason why we brought you on in the first place, which is I really want people to understand that there's so many things in common and so many links between uh, celebrity branding and entrepreneurial branding, and everybody can be a celebrity if they really want to. Uh, you can be a celebrity in your niche. You can be a celebrity in your market. You can be a celebrity to 20 people, but if those 20 people are the 20 individuals who are the only 20 people in the world who are going to need what you're offering, and it's a high-priced niche offering, then yeah, you want to be a celebrity of those 20 people. We also coach our clients who are very niched, that they want to go on podcasts that are outside their niche because it raises their celebrity profile that they are seen in other markets as a thought leader as well. So hey, if they're seen here, 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 and here, they must be the expert. They must be the go-to. And that's what we're going to cover as we go a little bit deeper. But there is one more question we need to ask before we get into your curriculum. And we're going to do the little drum roll here. Do it. My cat's sitting <laughs> next to me. My cat's sitting next to me, and she loves when I do that every week. Uh, yeah, that's right. I do have my cat's here. And that's part of my celebrity brand is I'm known as the is the uh, is the cat man of online marketing. I got my cats running around here all day and that's perfectly fine. I do have my personal assistants and uh they uh and they're part of the brand. But here we go. They are part of the brand. Here, yep, here we go. Here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need implement anything that anybody says they need to do except for time and money now this is a question we ask everybody who appears on business creators radio show and what i like is not only the variety of different answers but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted so how do time and money impact what you're going to share with us today louis well it's it, to me what i've learned it seems like money is a commodity everybody can get access to it. You can create money out of nothing as an entrepreneur, which is fascinating. So I think time is, is always going to be the key in anything you do. The nice thing about what we're talking about here is when we think about festivals and celebrities, things like that, they have assistance. They have people they learn from. They have people doing you know, a, a lot of the, uh, the tactics. Now, not to say that as an entrepreneur, now you need to go out and spend money on an assistant, things like that, but there's some automation tools you can use. Yes, you can get virtual assistants that are inexpensive, but there's always something to be said about building a team. That's going to save you some time. And while that may cost a bit of money, I always like to say, you know, don't think about what is this costing me. Maybe think about what is this going to make me. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, money is a commodity. You can create it out of nothing because you are an entrepreneur, and we kind of have that mindset. But I think when we can kind of organize ourselves time-wise and utilize some of the tips we're going to talk about today, what other celebrities and festivals do, how you can build a team, uh, whether it costs you money or not, 
maybe using automation tools, things like that. That's going to save you time. It's going to open up your mind as well to kind of brainstorm better. And like you mentioned, everybody should be a celebrity on some sort of level. Absolutely. Right. I think that's very true. And you raise a good point as well. I mean, we're going into team building here a little bit too. And I've seen this happen way too often. Uh, I saw this more back when I used to own a web development firm. I don't see it as much as a coach and a consultant anymore. It's just we're in a little bit of a different place. But especially when you're doing services like uh, web development, web mastery, web design, uh, social media management. I even see this with copywriting sometimes. Is uh, You give somebody a quote and they say, well, to hell with your quote. I can get this done for $5 on Elance. Oh, and they'll do it faster without asking me a lot of questions. So uh, I don't need you. And uh, say, okay, tell me how it works out for you. And what's great right. is one of two things happen. You never hear from them again anywhere. Or they come back and they've seen the light, which is the perfect time for you to raise your rates. <laughs> so uh, Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when we're talking about celebrity, the reason I think those two things go together, and tell me if there's anything I'm missing here, is that in order to build that celebrity brand, in order to become a celebrity entrepreneur, you need to have your people behind you who are in line with your message, your persona, and are able to back you up. Uh, you're going to need people voicing you, people in line with you. You're going to need people who are, shall we say, married to the mission, who are themselves feeling bought into the message you're sharing. Absolutely. And, and, it, and when we say build a team, the first thing everybody thinks about is hiring staff. And it's not always about just hiring staff. Like you just mentioned, there are different levels of, of your team, right? And, and it could just be as simple as an influencer that may not be a 10,000 follower influencer. They just may be a local person that has a small following or that people respect that is in line with your message, and that could be part of your team, and that may not cost you anything. So when we say let's build a team, it may not just be let's hire a big staff because a lot of people who are entrepreneurs and, like you mentioned, coaches, a lot of times we're all one-man shows unless we have a project that needs that growth. But there's something to be said about let's think outside the box because we do need a, a team. It might be a small team. It's good to not just be isolated with yourself, brainstorm with like-minded individuals and people who resonate with your brand and your message, but also have people help. That's the quickest way to grow. I mean, I learned that as well, that as I grow my team, I, I get things done faster because I get to take time off of my hands, things that are maybe not only redundant, but things that I don't personally have to do, which is great, have assistants that work with me and designers, things like that. But also utilizing the influencers, you know, uh, around me, people that resonate with my message, and that's also part of my team. So if you think outside the box a little bit, again, when we talk about celebrities, there's all kinds of people in their team. Yes, the, the normal piece of their team, their hairdressers and the PR people and the managers, they all have expertise that need to get done properly, legal affairs, you know, things like that. But when, when we Think about that team and how do we translate it to the entrepreneur. There are always items that any entrepreneur needs to have done, like you mentioned a website. Yeah, you can go on WordPress and Wix and get something done, but is that going to have everything you really require? Is there going to be mistakes? Is this, is this, because you're doing your own design on Wix, is that really going to, to, to be exactly what you want or is the message going to portray? Maybe not. And maybe you as a professional web designer can still use Wix, but you're a professional. Do you know what I mean? 
Just like I, right. I, I'm, I'm a professional in marketing. Yeah, I can use a Facebook boost button much like anybody can. But I, I know exactly how to strategize the message. Everybody can hit the boost button on Facebook and target. But that's just a tactic. It's a tool. It's like having the hammer and nails, but you're not really a carpenter and you don't really know how to build a house. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah. different expertise that you need to, to, to connect with in any, any um, piece of business life. And it's important to just realize that and then kind of identify where, where do we need to spend or where can we kind of utilize the right team members to help out, right? What I want to point out here is something just real quick that, uh, that I, you said right at the very beginning of that, which is when people think of team building, the default is often to say, well, we've got to hire a bunch of people. And how many times have I seen up-and-coming entrepreneurs who are ready to make that transition from the one-man show or the one-woman show to having a leveraged business. So they meet with a coach, and they have their transformational one-hour coaching session, and boy, they come out of that thing on a tear, and they need a team. So they immediately hire five virtual assistants and three web designers and two copywriters, but they have no freaking idea what they're actually doing. <laughs> Somebody just told them to hire right, exactly. So they went and they built a team, and they say, yay, I have a team. I'm leveraged. And then all these redundant team members are probably within a few days going to start having uh, little Skype chats among themselves, getting together in little groups, saying, mm -hmm. who is this person? Why are we here? And what favor do we owe somebody else that we reluctantly agreed to take on their buddy as a client? And uh, back in the day, I was in those conversations where uh, it was the most surreal thing. You had somebody who went on a hiring spree, and uh, they approached our firm, and they looked like a good enough client, and they, and you know, we took them on. And then within a few days, we see things going nowhere, and then we find out they're working with two other companies just like ours. Uh, we've all been asked to do the exact same thing without giving any specifics, and the conversation turns into, okay, who are we all doing favors for that we're here when we could be doing more important things? Now, if you, that's not going to build your celebrity brand. That's going to build your celebrity bye-bye, as I see it. Uh, but that's it, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. And there has to be some sort of strategy behind the whole thing. Like you mentioned earlier, um, some people in, in a niche market want to expand outside into other uh, business podcasts or, or guest blogging to be an authority figure. That's a strategy. That's a strategy that I'm also using. You know, my, my direct industry is festivals, musicians, um, you know, entertainment industry, which I do very well in and get lots of clients in. But I'm also right. expanding outwards. My next book is not going to be directly related to the nightlife and, and music industry. It's going to – same thing that we're talking about on the podcast. How do I take those experiences and have any entrepreneur and businessman learn from? So I, I do need – and I have a strategy to lay that groundwork, create a new celebrity level um, that, you know, really doing what I'm doing here in this podcast, you know, I don't know how many listeners are musicians or festival owners, maybe none, <laughs> but that's okay, right? right? Because this is laying groundwork and also helping me expand my audience as well, which is fantastic. That has a strategy in it, right? So like you mentioned, when, when somebody gets on a rah-rah call and, oh, yes, we're going to expand and leverage, we're going to hire 20 people or eight people, and they're going to do all the work for me. You know, we're going to do the four-hour work week idea. Um, if there's no strategy, yeah. it will fail. Same thing when I mentioned earlier. If there's no strategy behind your Facebook ads, you might have read every book, went to courses, and you know exactly how to do Facebook marketing. You know how to target, how to retarget, but you just know the, the tools and tactics, and you don't have any strategy behind that. That will most likely fail as well.
Yeah, um, yeah, and the other thing that I liked you brought out earlier, and you just brought up yet another point here. One of these days, we're going to get to asking you a question. We're going to get there. You keep <laughs> dropping so much, so many truth bombs here. When you mentioned that, you know, when people think of team building, they often don't think of it the right way. They say, well, "Yeah, I have my transformational discovery call, and I hired five web designers, twenty virtual assistants, three copywriters, four social media managers, and a partridge in a pear tree, and a cat sitter." Uh, that's all well and good, but you're also pointing out, and this is what gets dismissed so often, is your team aren't always the people who work for you. Your team could be your true believers, the people who very early latch onto your fan page and share all your posts. The people on your blog, you may notice that the same few people commenting on your posts over and over again, they're part of your team because they, they create buzz. They spread the word. They celebrate you. And when people see that people are commenting, they say, wow, this is popular. Maybe I should comment too. Maybe I should be in on this conversation. These cool people seem to be on it. And then they start to see the people are following you, and they say, yeah, that's somebody who knows their stuff. I should probably follow that person too. If they like them, they must be good enough for me. So this is also part of your team. And I want to bring out one other thing about, uh, you know, you mentioned the four-hour work week. And after Tim Ferriss came out with his, legendary book, The 4-Hour Work Week. Did you notice that every single person all of a sudden put up auto-replies on their email? Yeah, absolutely. And their Twitter. Remember that? And all of that. And, and you know, and a lot of people still do, and, and it's tough to, you know, I, I do a whole thing on automation and the dangers of it. And I see this a lot right. when I'm working with, you know, entertainment personalities, uh, uh, festivals. The, because it's so busy, you know, and business guys like us, we may fall into the same trap of automating, and there's just some great uses of automation, you know, the autoresponder, things like that. But there's also that, you know, that not, the no real engagement when you get an autoresponse or when you get an auto-tweet back or things like that. People now know it's an automated reply because it's a canned, you know what I mean? Um, so unless right. you're really good on the strategy and there's a reason why you're doing it and it's fed really well, you're going to get a lot of people thinking, oh, it's just automating. Maybe they're not following for real on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like they're connecting all their right. accounts to one. And that could be a very dangerous move as you're trying to grow your own celebrity status by just automating and not being present. And a big danger of that, I've seen a lot of people going in and causing negative feedback. I've seen brands, I mean large-scale brands, advertise on social media. And people are on there bashing them, seeing how the competition is way better and not one person from their brand is responding. It is like set it and forget it, and that is so dangerous to do, right? Yeah, true, true. Now, I'm one of those folks who still does have an auto-reply on my direct email, and I don't do it just because Tim Ferriss said I should do it. Everybody should have one, and I'm not doing it as a means to deflect and say, hey, I don't really pay attention to this. You need to deal with one of my leveraged team members because I am leveraged business owner. I don't do that. It's very strategic. First of all, I spell out in the subject line that it is an auto-reply. That's the first point. And then the second point, which I spell out, is this means I got it. So I got your email because there is a big thing out there, and I certainly respect this, where when people send emails, they like to know that the email was received by the other person, even if the other person doesn't give an immediate comprehensive reply, they want to know that it's in queue. So that's my way of saying I got your email. It arrived. Then what I do is I state 
the various ways to get a hold of me. One of which is, if you are, and, and I spell this out, if you are a member of the press or media, please call this number. So I'm planting that the press and media call me. That's, the, that's, that's one item. The next item I state is, because uh, so much of my work involves video training, so I'm planting a seed for the kind of work that I do with my clients, I often need to stay offline. Therefore, the best way to get a hold of me is to schedule an appointment. And there's a link to my scheduler right there. I get a lot of business just because people book themselves in and tell me what they want. So you, you have a fantastic strategy and an auto, like an auto email response that hopefully all your listeners are taking notes to that too. Because you're, you have specifics. Like you've thought out exactly why this email is going out instantly. And to be honest, a lot of times on email, people are looking for something back. They may join your newsletter. They may have wanted to download things like that, so they don't want to wait. So you're utilizing that in a, the perfect way to be used. You're not only sending them a, I, I, I've heard you, I've listened, do you know what I mean? But you're also saying, yeah. here are some items that you, can, that you can utilize. Where a lot of other people who are doing set and forget it, don't take that, you know, that strategy or they're not thinking about how to use it best becomes a blanket response or everything that comes in is just a, yeah, I'll get back to you later or, or things like that. And that falls on deaf ears more and more. You get people who just unsubscribe, don't want to follow, things like that. You have a good strategy. I like that strategy. And it's something I, I have used as well in, in, in a lot of my clients, especially because in, in email especially, they're usually looking for the quickest response possible. If I follow you on Facebook, I might just be following you because I want to connect not necessarily wanting you to answer something or send me something right away. That's different, right? Social media is different. Whereas when you're using your email strategy in this scenario, it's perfect because if I'm joining your newsletter, I kind of want to hear from you as fast as possible. I don't want to join and wait, maybe. Do you know what I mean? So you're building your celebrity right. status with this one tool as well, and it works really well. So it's actually being done very well. So good job. Well, thank you very much. So let's ask a question, shall we? You ready to get started? Let's do it. I mean, seeing as we're 27 minutes into this, we figure we should probably ask you a question at some point. So let's get rolling here. Um, what are some of the secrets that the entertainment industry is implementing in their marketing and branding? Uh, so tell us that, and then tell us how that can translate over to the entrepreneurial world. Absolutely. So, so one of the things I like to do with any of my of any of the brands I work with, whether it's a large scale. Uh, festival or it's a, a smaller event or an up-and-coming musician is, you know, I definitely want to sit down with the, the branding team. If they don't, then I have to kind of sit down with the owner and create a brand and really identify what is your product and what's the voice we're going to use. Like, how are we going to create a celebrity status by what we're going to say? Because a lot of people, especially now with a million platforms out there and, you know, the different ways you can advertise and grow your brand, they start to get overwhelmed and say, what do I say every day? They don't want to say nothing. You know what I mean? So they don't know what to say. But it becomes really easy when you know what your brand voice is. So, for example, you could be a fun-loving brand. And like you're mentioning, you're, you're joking with, you know, the cat being in the office, things like that. You know, you, you have a little bit more of a lighter brand voice as opposed to somebody else that might be cheeky in your face and taking jabs at their customers. And, and it's another different way to, to be fun-loving. Uh, somebody else could be really dry and serious. You know, a lot of businesses and even musicians when I don't think about that. They just think about, here's my product. 
but we have an opportunity to say something on social media about that product and, and in advertising, not just in the old traditional ways. We have, we have, we have a two-way street, especially on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Snapchat. There, there's a two-way communication. And if we don't have a voice um, and, and a way to say things, we can get lost very quickly. We're just posting stuff. And people like to, to connect with some celebrity and again, when I say celebrity, especially now that we're talking in this podcast, that could be the guy that has 50 followers, and he's a little celebrity in his own his own kind of level. And it could be the, the largest celebrities out there with millions of followers. But you will notice when you're talking to those that are doing really well, or at least following them on social media, or when they're in the news and on Entertainment Tonight and things like that, you can see that they're following a certain brand. And I bet that if you talk to them behind the scenes, they might actually be very different. They might just be, this is the brand I portray, but as a real person, I'm very different. And a lot of others, like myself, I am who I am. I just act like myself. And that's even easier because then I know what to say on social media. I just say it the way I would say it. Like we're talking here, if we talked at the restaurant or at a networking event, same Louis. You know, I don't have a, a difference in brand. But you can go either way, and that all depends on how you want to portray yourself as a brand. That's one major key that a lot of people forget they just kind of create their product, their services, what my product does or what my service does, and there's just no brand voice around that. And then it becomes a little bit more difficult to make the creative on social media or, you know, how you might be presenting yourself, that kind of idea. That's one major key that I like to do with all you know, celebrities, musicians, festivals, and make sure we create that brand voice. Because then, like we mentioned later, all of those tools and tactics, whether we're doing podcasts or video or PR or stuff, Facebook ads, Instagram, and now we have that little core, the heart of it all. It becomes easier to create things around that. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. And you, know, you bring up the point of persona, and folks will sometimes market using a persona, which may be different than the person they are when they're just hanging out among their friends or something like that. Sometimes that is effective and sometimes it's not effective. We have one client in particular who has a very outrageous persona. And that is what sells. That is what makes them a leader in their marketplace because the niche that they have zeroed in on calls for an outrageous persona, somebody who's in their face, somebody who's very blunt, somebody who is even sometimes profane. But that's what they respond to. That's what gets them fired up. That's what gets them excited. That's what gets them seeing that they themselves have the opportunity to be something better than what they are right now, and this is the person who's going to show it to them. But if you met that same clients of ours in, uh, in a social setting, you would find them to be the most polished, urbane, intellectual, subtle, calm individual that you ever met. Somebody that would probably amaze you with how sophisticated they are. Absolutely. And, and that, that works really well. And like you mentioned, it works the other way to be yourself as well. So it depends on right. the individual and, uh, or the, ind the business itself on how you want to um, work within that, those rules. So if this person in the networking event is, is nice and polished and calm and this and that, does that affect their brand? Or is it they, wow, you put on a great show, but you're also very professional. That's awesome. I want to work with you now. They've created that that strategy, right? Um, same, same with right. actors. You know, we see actors on the screen, and they're either the most evil person in the world, or they're more they're <laughs> hilarious, or whatever it is. But they're just acting. And then when you meet them, you're like, whoa, they're the most down to earth, nicest people I've ever met. Now you get an even more love for them. Do you know what I mean? And and they're just acting, and we get that. So 
there's those different ways to utilize yourself as a brand. But like you mentioned very early in the podcast, you know, everybody has the opportunity to be a celebrity in some sort of level. And I think it's really important to take advantage of that. We all have um, a way to broadcast out now, you know, with our phones, really, and, and our social media platforms. We all have a way to do that. There's no better time than now to take advantage of that and start to grow yourself as an entrepreneur or coach or business owner, things like that. I think a lot of people are forgetting um, the opportunity we have and just posting the same old bland stuff. You know, if you're a restaurant, well, here's my burger picture. But what about that? Maybe it's a huge burger and you want to have an eating contest and have some guy just chowing down on it. You know, like, let's create content out of it. But I get it. It gets overwhelming because you have to know what to say every day because you get, you know, complacent or, or you just just run out of ideas. So, again, back to my initial point just a little bit earlier, if we know our brand voice, it becomes a little easier. If you're fun-loving like that, yeah, let's have the burger all over somebody's face and this is how great it is. <laughs> but you'll know what to say because you've had a brand voice created. Otherwise, you're the same as everybody else, right? Yeah, your burger's awesome. So is that guy's. You know what I mean? Yeah, your festival has these three major celebrity DJs. Well, so did they last year, and they'll have our DJs next year because we're not going to book them. Do you know what I mean? There has to be something true. different, right? Otherwise, you're just you're rotating celebrities around your, your festival and big deal, right? So for one of my festivals, we had to create an experience around that. We have camping and a water park and rides and things like that, but a lot of our social media marketing push was built around that. Yes, we mentioned the large-scale DJs that are going to be there, but that was not the largest piece of our marketing pie. We had some heavy push on social media on the camping experience and, you know, the, the water park and how much fun you're going to have and possibly meeting, you know, your next girlfriend or boyfriend or friends. And, you know, how it was very experience-driven, and that's great for a festival, but also because we knew the competition was fierce. And, yeah, we have great celebrity DJs that are worth half a million dollars each, but – Maybe our competition is going to book them next year because we won't book them again and again. We can't, right? And we're going to book those guys, their DJs, at our festival next year. You know, that kind of idea. We can't just compete concert to concert, right? It just wasn't going to be a smart move. And it worked really well. So similarly to entrepreneurs and stuff like that, if you have the greatest flower shop in the world, what makes you different than the cheaper guy or the guy that has what he thinks is the greatest in the world? How many times have we heard we're the number one radio station or we're I'm number one real estate guy in whatever category? Well, it sounds like you all have the number one radio station. You know what I mean? Because you're taking slivers of being number one and then using that to death. So what really makes you right. different? You know what I mean? You're playing the same music. You all say you're number one. I change channels and it's the same song. What really makes you different, right? And that's something that a lot of radio station conglomerates are missing too. I see. You know, they're, they're all becoming the same. And then they come for advertising dollars, and I'm like, well, what makes you special, really? <laughs> right? Very true. Very true, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we see that sometimes with seminars in the entrepreneurial education industry uh, or the Internet marketing industry, uh, and people do these seminars, and what it really comes down to is, oh, goodness, is this the same five guys again? Yeah, and, and a lot of the times like recycling and recycling and recycling. Like, come on, is this really going to be the same five guys again? <laughs> right, and and you can see a lot of their keynotes on YouTube now. A lot of speakers love to record and put it on 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 YouTube or their own page, which is great. But like you just mentioned, if it's the same group of people over and over that you may have seen, and it's 
slightly different, but usually the same keynote or presentation. Plus, you probably saw it online as well a few times. Now you're wondering, what else am I getting that's different than literally learning it on YouTube or going to only one event a year? And, and so right. that's where, like we kind of just touched on, the experience factor over and above that may cause ticket sales way more than, you know, going to see them twice at the other same old, same old conferences or, or presentations. And again, if we bring that down to a smaller scale, you know, a financial planner or, or a coach that wants to give marketing advice that wants to have 20 people in their room, you might say, but why are you the expert when, you know, this major speaker I've seen on YouTube six times or maybe in a large conference is, is talking about similar things? So you got to create your little angle. Like myself, my little angle here is the entertainment industry. That's where my experience comes from. And if I was doing this as a presentation, I would have some of these stories and some thoughts coming out of my experience there. That gives me a small angle. I, I can create that as a brand, as I am trying to do. Do you know what I mean? So I can do some speaking and, and talk to rooms. Yeah, we're talking about marketing. Sure, we can get into social media and how Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. Those are huge tools, and we can and should talk about those. But I, I have a small angle I can utilize. I, I built a little bit of leverage there. And that's what a lot of entrepreneurs need to think about. What's their little angle? What's their brand voice that can make them a celebrity in whatever level they can get to? Yeah, that's very that's very true. Uh, and you know, in the way you in the way you in the way you bring that up is you know how celebrity can make the difference is what I'm getting out of it. Because yeah, you may have several people that all say substantially the same thing, but it's going to have a different impact when it's coming out of the mouth of somebody who's perceived as a celebrity. That's just the way it is. And I've been on both the gaining and the losing side of that equation, where I was the celebrity who said it, and where. I was in a situation where somebody else was more celebrity than I was in that person's eyes, and they saw it from the other person's point of view, even though we were saying the same thing. 100%. It becomes that's okay. that authority level. It is okay, and that's just the way business rolls. And, and, you know, and, and when you have a little bit of an authority, you, know, you have a podcast you know, and have clients and, and a, lot of, a lot of clout in your industry, and that gives you that celebrity status and authority status. And just like in any – in sales and marketing play, it becomes a trust level. Some people trust celebrities or celebrity status over anybody just because that's the, the kind of person they are and they have these, you know, goo-goo eyes for whatever celebrity status and whatever yeah. they say or do, you know, they're just going to follow because that is a celebrity. They are a person of, of, you know, status. I remember in my younger days when I was hosting nightclubs because I was doing television, interviewing a lot of celebrities myself, but in my own local area, I was a small celebrity being a TV person, much like you see radio hosts going to host a local bar. I could walk through that nightclub without the mic in my hand, and nobody might notice me or say anything, but I'm walking through that nightclub, and I have a mic in my hand, and I'm saying happy birthday to somebody. All of a sudden, everybody wants to come talk to me, and it's the smallest, stupidest thing, but it's because it just gave me a slight edge above everybody else in the room. I would, just like you want to go talk to the DJ because he's the DJ. And there could be a very famous DJ right beside you you may not notice, and they might be way better. But all of a sudden, the DJ's up in the booth, right? So taking that small example, like you just mentioned, that gives somebody an edge. So if you can find your edges here and there and give yourself a little celebrity, and that should very well be doing podcasts, guest blogging, your own blog, being really good at social media, and, and engaging, not just posting out stuff. It's engagement that's really key here on social. You'll notice a lot of people are just pushing all the time. And that's an old school mentality of let's advertise. You know, download my PDF, here's a quote of the day, and that's cool to do. 
but don't forget the engagement. The two-way street is really huge, and that creates little raving fans. I think you mentioned a point earlier where that one or two people just love your message so much, they go spread the word. Those are that little, little spark of raving fans, and the more of those you have, the bigger celebrity you get. One of the things that we talk about is, like, let's say somebody's doing email marketing. And they're sending out newsletters, they're sending out uh, follow-up sequences, they're sending out emails pertaining to a launch, that sort of thing. And then somebody goes to reply to that email. Because the thing is, maybe somebody receives an email and they get so excited that they might want to do business with you that they hit reply and they say, you had me at hello, where do I sign? <laughs> And then the next thing you know is they get an auto-reply back. Now, this is the idea of a, an auto-reply that is not strategically positioned, believe me, that says, thank you very much for submitting our ticket. Please be aware that our representatives will typically respond within 48 to 72 hours. If you have any questions, you, you want to follow the progress of this inquiry, just click this link. What just happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you lost the two-way engagement there, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, and you just get voicemail all the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I coach clients that when you are sending out your e-zines or your newsletters or what have you, that if somebody hits reply, you damn well hit reply back. And for two reasons. Right. Uh, actually, I'm going to – actually, more than three reasons, but just so we don't take up the whole show, I'm going to give you just three. Um, let's start with the technical reason from a deliverability perspective. When you have Gmail and a lot of the other email providers with their tabs and their promotions and everything else, the more the algorithms see an exchange between an email address and its recipients, the more they're going to view that as valuable email and it will start to find its way out of promotions and into the primary inbox, not only at the individual level, but eventually more on, more on a global level. That's, that's the first thing. The second reason is that – uh, you know, the second reason that you really need to do that, second thing you need to know, is that these are people who are very excited about engaging with you right now. It doesn't matter that they should have known that you deal with support tickets or that the best way to get a hold of you is through their Twitter. The fact is, this is how they responded to you. This is somebody who you respond back to them. They are going to feel a personal, emotional bond to your brand. And even if they don't buy today, you certainly have their attention. And even if you lose their attention for a minute, you can very easily get it back. And the third thing is, it doesn't have to be you. Like, you know, Louie, you might have 100,000 people on your email list. So you send out an, uh, an, a newsletter or something, you might get 30 replies. Now, you may not have time to respond to all 30 of those. So it's perfectly okay if your assistant answers. The fact is, people are getting an answer. And if you have somebody Absolutely. answering as... Yeah, and if you have somebody answering as you, and they're on the team, and they're not the, you know, I found a way to save $3 on it type, and they're actually invested in your brand, and they understand your message, they can voice you close enough that people will be able to say, oh, my God, Louis Lavella emailed me. Oh, boy. And then they tell their fans, <laughs> and they tell their friends, and you become that type of accessible celebrity that everybody loves because there's one thing that people really love about celebrities that will really help grow their brand is when they're seen as accessible, not necessarily available. 100%. Like, 
not necessarily available. Like, uh, like uh, you know, you can't uh, just you know call up certain celebrities and get them on the phone. It just doesn't work that way. But if they're accessible in the sense that they do interact with their fans, they can be seen in public. It is possible to find a way to have a conversation with them, even if that means you have to pay money for a dinner or something like that. When they're seen as accessible, that makes other people want to gravitate around them because it, it because they get the idea that. They could be accessible to me, too. I could get to touch the cape of greatness. And, 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 you know, you're absolutely right. And this is how, you know, celebrities with Twitter blew up really quickly because all of a sudden, you know, us general folk had the ability to access the celebrities where you would never have access to before. And it could not just be celebrities, but it could be high-level business people or business owners, things like that. You had the ability now to follow them you know, listen to the little things they say, not just when they're on TMZ or Entertainment Tonight or, or seen at the Grammys, things like that. You had that two-way access. And if they responded back or liked your tweet, whoa, like you just mentioned, they, they tweeted me back or they said, you know, they, they favorited my, my tweet and blah, 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 which is unreal. And, you know, going to the example of using marketing where you, you have access to yourself and you're responding well, it goes back to the beginning of the conversation where people – you know, have, have such a high level of respect for their own time. When they're emailing you, they're waiting for a response because they're excited maybe to buy something. The longer they wait, the more they may look elsewhere because, hey, I don't have the time to wait. Maybe you're not going to respond for three days, and I'm excited to jump in this now. Do you know what I mean? I want yeah. somebody to respond to me so that I can finalize my purchase. I, I want to just, you know, when we're trying to go on Google and it takes a half a second more than usual – that's time, and we get frustrated over that. So when, when you're doing that auto response, and then all of a sudden somebody says, hey, I'm interested. Can you tell me a bit more? And they get nothing, or they get a bounce back because it's a no reply idea, or, or they get an auto response that basically says, hey, I'll respond within 48 hours, or you know, things like that. All of a sudden, their, their time, they have to wait two days or a day. Do you know what I mean? Like they, their time is, is, is in such high regard to themselves. They want somebody to respond right away. And then speaking on the third point of access, like you mentioned as well, when you go to a business and you might have a complaint or things like that, who do you ask for? The manager. If you get the owner coming down, you know, those levels of, of access makes you feel better. You're getting through to somebody, right? So like you mentioned, even if it's an assistant responding back and it's not an auto response or it is you, I mean, they're getting access to somebody, right? So any business out there, if they're the ones responding it or they have somebody on the line, Right? They have somebody responding in their own voice, and it's like, look, I'm part of the team. Or maybe they, they're saying they are you. Whatever it is, there's access, and there's, and there's something to be said about, I got a response from somebody real. right? And you know, bots are coming out like crazy now where you know, it, it's fascinating but scary at the same time where you might be able to, to get customer service or order a pizza from the, you know, the big chains that are all in Facebook Messenger because it's a bot. And they know exactly how to respond. They remember your orders, that kind of idea. Yeah, it's right. fascinating because it's te technology, and I love technology. I'm, I'm all in on testing new things out. And it's exciting, but it's also a bot. You know, so where where's the place for that bot? If I know, hey, I don't have to talk to a human because I can just message my pizza order, and it's cool because the bot knows my order. If you can position that marketing as, hey, it's cool because you get to talk to a robot, then yeah, go for it. But if you're saying we're taking away jobs and you don't get to talk to a human because it's a robot, you're going to lose that battle, right? Yeah, that's very, that's very, very, very true. So, uh, so Louis, if you know, as we come uh, 
you know, to a close here, we have about 10 minutes left, and I do want to give you a moment on the stage at the end. Uh, if we could break down some of these powerful marketing tips used in the entertainment industry into a few steps that entrepreneurs could just take and run with. So this is the point where our listeners get out their pen and paper and start writing stuff down. What would they be? I think what we mentioned, first of all, and I want to reiterate as, as a first point that everybody needs to write down and make sure they do is create that brand voice. Make sure you either have a persona or you are yourself and you know what you want to say. So everything around that, all your products, your services, how you want to portray all your social media becomes a lot easier to you because you, this is who you're going to be. The second thing I would make sure is be in front of everybody all the time. Much like, you know, we have examples of celebrities either getting in beats or always coming up with new music or getting themselves into TMZ and the paparazzi and things like that. They're always in front of everybody because there's a lot of noise and a lot of celebrities to filter through. Same with us as business people. I would definitely recommend being in front of everybody. Now that's not to say you have to do crazy things and get yourself on a TMZ style situation, but right. I would definitely make sure that your message is out there in a good message, you know, and again, it, maybe it's just engaging every day. Maybe it is coming up with a plan Today I'm going to put a quote out, one of my quotes. Tomorrow I'm going to, you know, um, have an ask me anything kind of post. And the next day I'm going to release some new product. You know, like have a plan and then stick to that plan. Be consistent. That's one thing that really hurts businesses and entrepreneurs and celebrities when they're not consistent. They just kind of sprinkle things here and there. And it's so noisy out there that it gets lost really fast. You need that frequency, that repetition. You absolutely have to make sure you're in front of people. You know, not in a bad way. You don't want to have that same old Friday night, ladies' night flyer, if I'm using a nightclub as an example. And they do this a lot, right. and that's all they post constantly. People will glaze over that, and they'll unfollow you because it's not cool content. It's just an ad. So make sure you're in front of them. And third, I would say make sure you use the tools available, like Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, um, you know, Google Pay Per Click or YouTube, or whatever the tools that resonate with your audience best, use them. They're not that expensive. You can get a lot more than the organic reach, obviously, by using the boost. And I know a lot of people are still angry at the organic reach being at almost nothing. And that's just the way it is. You know, we, we've had a free run for a while. I think it's so noisy out there that you need to have the megaphone. You know, that's an example I love to use. If you're in a small networking room, there's five people in there, you can talk to them all. That's how it used to be when Facebook first came out and you only liked five pages. You got them in your news right. feed. Now you like you have a thousand, three thousand friends and family and you, you like a thousand pages. That is a lot of news feed real estate, right? And so if you're a brand, your organic reach sucks. And that's just because it's noisy. Now that networking room has two thousand people in it. Yeah, when you talk, you're four people in front of you still hear it, but that's one percent. If you pay for that megaphone, as I like to use an example, that's boosting your post to everybody in the room. Get to them. And I would use those tools. Absolutely use them. It, it, I've built great brands and sold tons of tickets really on the backs of social media, but being savvy on it and using the tools available. Yeah, yeah, that's very that's very true. And, uh, you know, you've raised some really good points about whether we're yelling through megaphones or whether we're having one-on-one -on -one engagement. It is difficult to engage with people one on one, and you know, and it gets to a point where you just can't possibly answer every single question at, that somebody asks you. Uh, and it's a little cold to say, "Go to my FAQ," where I've already answered all this, right? 
Uh, that's, so that's something that you know, is just not going to work. That's going to turn somebody off. It's going to say, well, I already answered this, and you should have checked that out. So why are you bothering me? It's how that comes across. Uh, so but, but there's another way to proactively celebrate these types of things. Like uh, rather than wait for people to ask questions, you can say, hey, did you know that uh, – did you know – such and such about Louis Labella. I mean, uh, I mean, did you did you know that about him? Check that out and uh, check out 20 more facts about him right here. And then you link to your FAQ page. And now you're proactively telling people to go learn about you. Absolutely, like, and, and at least it teases yeah. them, and at least it gives them one piece of tidbit that if they didn't follow through, they still got some content out of that, right? Which is really right. good. It's a good point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know? that Louis Lavella eats peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with the jelly on the outside of the bread? Wow. <laughs> Learn this and 19 other more shocking facts at louislavella.com forward slash FAQ. That can touch off a conversation in and of itself. Absolutely. I, I should actually try that jelly on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great. So, uh, yeah, so I think this has all been fantastic stuff. This is uh, this has been some incredible uh, information. So, what is your advice? Uh, I was getting ready to give my own, but let's ask you. Uh, when you get to that situation where you want to answer everybody, but you just can't, and uh, you know, there's there's a passion inside you that says, "I want to be there for every single person who comments on my fan page, or or tweets, or retweets me, or asks a question, or something like that." but I just can't do it anymore, but I don't want people to feel abandoned. How do you handle that? Uh, I think the bigger you get, the harder it's going to get to make sure you, you be able to touch the hearts of every single person. And that's just the way the celebrity status is going to be. And I think a lot of people understand that. And that's why when they get that one, you know, like on their tweet or, or they do get a response, they're so excited because they get, the unreachability of a certain status, right? Now, you can hustle like a maniac, like, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk does, and he tries to respond to everyone humanly possible, and he still can't reach out to everybody just because of the level. But then when he does reach out to you once in a blue moon or that one time, you feel really good. So there's some allure and mystique about just not being able to handle it, right? And yet, like you mentioned right. earlier, there are some tools you can utilize that do – try and reach out to as many people as possible, like the FAQs, if it's a business-related thing. And, hey, trust me, I, I would get the same question over and over again, and it's all in the FAQ, and they just don't freaking read it because they might be lazy or they want a direct response, and that's their way. Um, and that happens as well. You're like, man, this stuff is all there. Why aren't you reading this? But that's just how people are, and that's their user behavior. I just think that when you get to a certain level, and, I mean, it's a big level to be at, which is fantastic, you can't reach them all. And maybe that's okay. Maybe that's part of the mystique, but you've got to try. You can't automate everything, and you can't just ignore them all saying, well, I've got 10,000 fans. There's no way I can reach anybody, so I'm done. This is cool because you will lose them all, right? You've got to try yeah. as hard as possible to get on them and, and to reach out. But the nice thing is when you're doing that publicly, publicly a lot of people um, see that, right? Just like if there's negative comments, you hit it straight on. You don't delete it. When, when you're publicly responding to people, they get that you're responding. You're not being quiet, and you just may not have gotten to their question or to their tweet or something like that. But like you mentioned, there's always going to be one or two people that are constantly, you know, in your ring of, of replying and sharing, and you want to nurture them. 
also make sure you're, 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 you're passing the buck a little bit and you, and you are reaching out to new people as well. Not only the same five people or two people or a hundred people that are always the ones that are noisy with you and they're great to have because they're influencers and you want to keep them on board. That's awesome. But also, you know, make sure you like a couple of new people or you, you respond to a couple of new people so that you share the love right. a little bit. At least other people will feel like they're involved in your community as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're right here the community. Top. Go ahead. One more thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of community, there's nothing wrong with using, let's say, a Facebook group and having like-minded individuals now answer each other's questions and you kind of chime in and out. That, that's great as well. There's a big difference between a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Now, whether you're a musician or whether you're a business owner and, you, again, you just can't handle all the volume, maybe create a fan community where everybody can answer each other's questions, help each other out. You have a few moderators. And, yeah, you're also present there. You might be there doing a, a Facebook Live once a week and they get to connect with you personally. But for the rest of the week, they can ask and answer each other's questions that a community that you've built and you're nurturing. That's pretty strong, too. Very good. Very good. That is, and you're absolutely right about that. So we are actually just about at the top of the hour, and I want to turn over the stage to you for just about 30, 45 seconds. Uh, Louie, uh, we have people probably sitting on the edge of their seat right now wanting to discover more about what it is you offer and how you serve business creators. So just tell us a little bit more about how they can reach out to you and what they can look forward to. No, absolutely, and I thank you for the opportunity. Um, as we have talked about, I am obviously all over social media, and I have my blog and a mini podcast on my website. And all of my accounts, including my website, is my first and last name, which is Louis Lavella, and uh, spelled would be L-O-U-I-E-L-A-V-E-L-L-A. So it's either louislavella.com or all of my social media accounts from Snapchat to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere is just at Louis Lavella. And of course, when you get to my website or you follow me, I I'm I really appreciate engagement. Like I've been talking about this whole time, not only do I, do I try and share some of these nuggets on my pages and, and some new thoughts and new ideas and new experiences that I have seen in a festival or with a musician, and I try and share that constantly, but I really love when people are asking direct questions because sometimes a direct question that applies to mom, pop, flower shop, I can bridge my experience and answer that in that particular way as opposed to another business. You know, all this marketing and, and celebrity experience can filter down and be bridged, but I love the opportunity to, to be asked a specific question. So anybody out there that wants to reach out, absolutely do. And uh, like we mentioned earlier, you know, my clients are most in, in the entertainment industry, but I do have so many that are completely outside of that niche. And they are, you know, in the financial field, auto, um, consumer trade shows, banking, uh, you know, all kinds of, of, of great different uh, industries that like to kind of take my ideas, brainstorm how to create the brand and how to actually use the right tools. And it's fascinating to hear from people. And I love working with as many as I can. That's great. That's great. So uh, we are near the top here. So uh, Louis Lavella, I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. It's been an honor and it's been an education. And I encourage everybody to go back and listen to this one again on iTunes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the hour. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you're, you're definitely fantastic to chat with and brainstorm with, and I really appreciate everybody listening as well uh, for taking the time out. Uh, I know time is important, and uh, thanks for, for listening, and, and hopefully some people have learned some great things out of it. And likewise. So for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous 
and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.